The following message is by a guest speaker at Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found online at www.emmanuelcommunity.org. Okay, well, let me, let me pray for us, and we'll, uh, we'll get started, and I know there are lots of fun things awaiting our afternoon time, so I'll, we'll, try to, we'll try to get things going and not end too late. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for uh, this retreat. Thank you for the privileges that we have in you, and uh, as we consider prayer, uh, Lord, I pray that uh, these thoughts... Um, would be helpful that we might enjoy you more and find greater intimacy with you and greater freedom with you. So, uh, so bless this time and allow it to produce uh, a, a more fruitful, intimate, and effective prayer life. Uh, thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, well, there are two main pieces that I'd like to share with you this afternoon. The first one I'm going to kind of loosely title Gospel Prayer um, because I think, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, some of us may have come from a tradition where prayer, I would, I would describe my early prayer training, prayer life, in a, it was not a gospel-shaped discipline. It was not a gospel. Um, it was not gospel prayer, and so let me try to flesh out what I mean by that, and see if I can help us uh, approach our prayer life a little differently. So, what do I got? One, two, three, four, five quick thoughts about gospel prayer. Number one, prayer is not about our performance or presentation, because uh, I grew up at a time when prayer was kind of like that's what you do to show. You're a good, devoted, strong Christian. You pray, and you pray hard, and you pray more. And if something didn't go well, it's because you didn't pray enough, you know? And if things went well, well, it's because we prayed. It, it, it was a, um, and, and strong Christians were people who prayed a lot. And uh, if you didn't pray a lot, it's because you're not a strong Christian. And... There's something, um, it felt like this is how I perform. This is how I show I'm a good Christian. How do you know if you're a good Christian? Here, look, see, see how hard I pray. Now, I want to show you why that cannot be true. Number two is prayer is an acknowledgement and expression of our need. Prayer is saying Help me. Help me. Prayer is not saying, see how strong I am. Prayer is saying, see how weak I am. Help me. It's an expression not of strength, but of weakness. Prayer is not something I do for God. Prayer is asking God to do for me. So it cannot be that prayer is something I boast in any more than saying, help me, help me, help me. And then to say, 
look how well I say, help me, help me. Like there's a contradiction, an inherent contradiction that a expression of need we would use as an expression of strength. It is inherently an expression of weakness. And number three, instead, prayer is an acknowledgement of our need, but in, uh, number three is an acknowledgement of God's strength. Prayer is a conviction that says, I am weak, he is strong. And just real briefly, that is in some way, one way to sum it up. That's kind of what the Bible is trying to tell us. So many verses, so many stories, so many promises saying, unless the Lord builds a house, builders labor in vain. We saw today, unless you remain in me and I in you, uh, remain in me, bear my tree, apart from me, you can do nothing. Story after story of how the Israelites try to fight the battle, but they die, they lose. When God is with them in the battle, that's when they win because it's story after story, promise after promise of in and of yourself, you will wither and die. But in, in God, in Christ, there is power. That is the conviction. The conviction of a prayer life is to say, I am weak, and so I need God. The legalistic approach is to say, I will try harder to be good and strong. Um, I, this is, you know, this is about my effort where we're saying, no, it's not about our effort. This is about God doing his thing. There's a nice quote I got from Paul Miller, A, a Praying Life. If uh, you haven't heard it or heard of it or seen it, I recommend it as a helpful book. He says, if you are not praying, then you are quietly confident that time, money, and talent are all you need in life. You will always be a little too tired, a little too busy. But if, like Jesus, you realize you can't do life on your own, then no matter how busy, no matter how tired you are, you will find the time to pray. How do you know if you're relying on God or relying on yourself? Is If you're relying on yourself, you're probably very busy and very tired because it's exhausting if you're the only source you've got. Number four, prayer is an expression of, of being loved. If you want, um, you can turn to Luke chapter 11. A disciple asks Jesus, would you teach us to pray? To which Jesus replies, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He, t- he teaches on the Lord's prayer. And then he gives them these two stories. Um, he says, what if a friend comes in the middle of the night, asks for bread? I've had visitors. You know, even though you won't get up, you know, you're, you're sleeping with your, your family, uh, but because he's so persistent, you'll get up and give him the bread. And then he says, and what if you, as a father, your son asks for, for stone, would you, uh, for bread, would you give him a stone, would you give him a scorpion? You know, like, even if, you, even if you're a bad father, you know how to give good gifts to your children. When I was writing this, um, my son, my oldest son, my teenage son, he's gotten into music, and he listens to Toby Mac. You don't need to know who Toby Mac is. He's this Christian kind of rapper, kind of like, I don't know. Is that right? Is that the right genre? Yeah, kind of. Anyway, so he likes it. And then I found out Toby Mac was coming to L.A. for a concert. I kind of did a little research, and I thought, oh, Toby Mac's coming. I'm going to take my son to his first concert. And I was, like, so excited because I remember 
going to my first Christian concert as a kid, I'd be like so excited. This is going to be a lifelong memory. You know, he loves Tony Mac. And so I took him, and my wife's like, Paul, you are more excited than Elijah about taking him to this concert. I was like, you know, is this great, Elijah? You know, like, let's take some pictures. Like, this is, this is, you're going to love this. Like, I was so excited. And then, and then I was like doing the seminar on prayer. And I'm like, can you imagine God? You're going to love this, Paul. You're going to love this. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to give you good things. That when the disciples asked, teach us to pray, it's as if Jesus' reply was, you want to learn how to pray? Start with this. You have to believe I love you. You have to believe I want to give you good things. That's the point of these two parables. Look, even bad neighbors, even bad parents, how much more? What kind of a God do you think I am? What kind of a father do you think I am. It's as if Jesus' main teaching point on how to pray is to persuade us that how I felt to give my son his first concert experience is so small compared to the heart of your father who wants to give you good things. Because if we were convinced that even more than what we want to give to our children, for those of us who are parents, that our father wants to give us good things, well, we'd pray, and we'd turn to him, we'd ask. This verse, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I once heard a preacher take this verse and say, do you know why you don't have the Holy Spirit? Do you know why you're not filled with the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you why. Right here, it says, because you have not asked. Because if you ask, He says he will give you the Holy Spirit. It is because you do not pray that you are not more filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Actually, I would beg to differ. Because actually, I think what Jesus is saying in this verse, listen carefully. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus is not trying to say, You don't pray enough. Jesus is trying to say, I love to give you good things. So pray. So pray. He's saying, I, he's not saying, pray harder and then I'll give you. He's saying, I want to give you. So pray. He's not saying, pray and then I will be kind to you. Pray, and then you will win my favor. Pray, and then I will want to, to bless you. He's saying, I already want to bless you. I already want to give you good things. I already love you. So pray. He is not trying to convince us, this is why you don't have the Holy Spirit. He's trying to convince you, I already love you. I already love you. You don't pray to be loved. You pray because you are already loved. I think that's what Jesus is trying to say. 
Though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts. How much more your father. He's trying to show you, you are already loved. Believing that produces the life of prayer. Prayer is an expression of being loved. We pray not to be loved. We pray because we are loved. One last thing here. Prayer is about privilege and access. Hebrews says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence sent to the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with true hearts and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The picture here, this is Hebrews, but it's, it's picturing the Old Testament temple. In the Old Testament temple, there was the outer court of the Gentiles. Gentiles could come, but you can't go any farther. There was an inner court of women. Women could come, but no farther. There was a court of Israel where the men could come, but no farther. And then there was a court of the priests. And only priests could go there. And then the, the temple was inside there. And then you had the altar, and you go inside. There's like the holy place, and then there's like the holy of holies. And no one goes into the holy of holies except for one man. The high priest goes once a year on the Day of Atonement, and he's like sprinkling blood, like atoning for the sins of israel and they say his robe had these little bells so as he's walking he goes jingle 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 jingle, and he had a rope tied around his leg because as he entered into the holy of holies if he sinned like you cannot sin in the presence of god and so i mean here's a picture jingle 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 jingle. uh-oh what do we do but you can't go in there to pull out the body, hence the rope on the leg to pull out the body. Going into the Holy Holies was a scary, life-threatening encounter with the Holy God. And Hebrews says, therefore, we have confidence to walk right in to the Holy of Holies. Because of the way made for us, the curtain open, you just walk right in. You go past the court of women, past the court of men, past the temple gates, past the holy place, into the holy of holies. You just walk right in. That because of Christ, we have privileged access. We have privileged access. I remember when I was a kid, my dad's a pastor, and I remember as a kid, we would run around the church and like play different games. And then like, they, they, oh, that's the pastor's office. And inside the pastor's office was a jar of candy. And all the kids knew there was a jar of candy. But no one dared go into the pastor's office to take the jar of candy. That is no one but me. Because <laughs> I boldly went in to grab my candy. That's, he's your father. You can boldly enter. Prayer is not some work for which you get a reward. Prayer is the reward. Prayer is its own reward. It is not a work through which you earn something. It is already the expression of being loved. It is already itself communicating this is privilege. This is your blessing. This isn't something you do to earn. This is because you already have privilege, access, and love after you've been convinced that you are weak and he is strong. Now, one of the best ways that has helped me 
translate what I just said into my prayer life is this thing called uh, is uh, praying with God's promises. So we have a few copies here. And in a moment, I'm going to encourage us to get into, like, threes, because we don't have a lot of time. Fours and fives would take too long, so threes would be good. Um, And, I mean, I grew up in a church where we prayed all the time. They had, like, all-night prayer, early morning prayer, fasting prayer. I mean, it was like, the Korean church was known for, I mean, we didn't do everything right, but we prayed, you know, that was kind of the, I felt like that was kind of the mantra, you know, at least we prayed, we got something. But what I felt about my experience in, in the, in the, growing up in that Korean church environment was there was so much, oh Lord, have mercy on us, help us Lord, we need you, we need you, oh how much we need you God, we can do nothing apart from you, we are unworthy sinners, God with your favor and kind of send your there was a lot of pleading a lot of pleading and there is a place for pleading but something was missing there was something missing in that prayer and years later after what i call my gospel revolution this idea of praying this this practice of praying with god's promises changed my prayer life because what i'm going to suggest is we take god's word and we say we realize Prayer is less about me trying to convince God of what he should do for me. And instead, prayer is, God, you already said, uh, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. And you say, God, you said you will blot out my sins. You said I will not remember your sins. You promise, and I claim your promise, that the basis of my prayer is not the earnestness of my plea, but on your faithfulness to your word. That you, this, my hope is not in something I'm doing. My hope is that you are who you say you are. And now prayer becomes less about an exercise of my earnestness and more an exercise of faith to believe that his promises are true. So we're going to try this. Okay, get in threes, find a friend, make a friend. Quick, quick, quick. Don't be shy. You can move your chairs around if you'd like. Um, so this is, this may not be your, the usual way you pray, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you some instructions. We're going to, I call it popcorn prayer. You know, everyone's just going to offer short prayers. I call it don't hog the mic. Don't go on and on. This is not to pray for every relative in your family and all the needs of all your children. Like that's, a, that's not what we're going to do. It's short prayers. I, and and I, you, you're going you're gonna to pass the mic around, 
And what the way we're going to pray, first, first exercise is we're going to just worship. You are not allowed to ask for anything. Don't even ask for forgiveness. Don't ask for mercy. Don't, just say, worthy, worthy, worthy are you. And God's promises is a revelation of who he is and what he does for us. So just focus on him. And I realize sometimes when I do this, some people really have a hard time. Because it turns out to, Lord, you are gracious and merciful, slow down, and Lord, help me to. No, 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 help me to. Just, just, I praise you that you are slow to anger and abounding in love. Just don't ask for anything. Try, try. Short prayers. Don't hog the mic. And, I mean, there's a bunch. If you want, go ahead, take a look, peruse, you know. And you, obviously, there's a big Bible. You can throw in other verses that come to mind. And we're going to spend a few minutes just saying, God, we praise you because you are worthy, because I worship you, blah, blah, blah. And we're just going to bounce around, okay? Uh, don't be shy in your little group. Again, don't hog the mic. And don't be shy. And I'll start us off. I'll start us off, and then, uh, and then let's worship the Lord through his promises for a moment, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you because you say cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We don't have to carry our burdens alone. You care for us and we worship you that there is a place to lay our burdens down all right we're also going to take some time to after worshiping we're going to claim promises for ourselves or for someone we know that we we say god here's my prayer and i claim i believe this is what you promised and i'm making this my prayer. So I'll start us off, and then you guys can continue in your groups. Lord, I think of uh, a couple back in L.A. that uh, has had a really difficult marriage, but uh, they are moving back toward one another, and I know they are scared, but they believe that you are in this and that you are healing them, and even though there are still so many problems that they want to renew their vows because they trust in you. And Lord, you say, you promise, even youths grow faint and weary, young men stumble and fall, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. God, may they run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. That though the future has so many unknowns, and though there are real dangers for them, and they know it, they know that marriage is not going to be easy, but they are putting their hope in you. And I pray, God, even as you promise, that you will sustain them, you will empower them, and they will mount up and soar on wings like eagles, for they have put their hope in you, Lord. Dear Lord, we thank you that you are our good shepherd, you make us lie down in green pastures, that you lead us beside quiet waters, that perhaps even this retreat is your kindness to restore our souls. Lord, we claim your kindness, your goodness as our shepherd, 
over us individually and us as a church. We thank you, Lord, for your care over your sheep. In Jesus' name, amen. Just real quickly, how was that prayer time similar, different from your usual prayer times? Real quick, go ahead. More about God, less about me. Yeah, yes. Felt less like work. Yes, why? Ah, yeah. Yeah, resting in promises, resting in what God says he'll do. How else? What else? Praying in the spirit. Felt like it was more spirit-led in some ways. Uh-huh. Praying in the word. That's <laughs> Yeah. 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 Like, I feel like, praying like this, I feel like I'm not trying to do something for God. I'm receiving from God, right? It's, it's that dynamic of, this isn't me. This is me receiving. Yeah. Yeah. It just led, it, it felt worshipful because you're exalting him and you're focused on him and you're magnifying who he is and what he does. Any last thoughts? Hmm. Yeah. Coming as you are and finding a safe place and feeling that uh, like there's perhaps a God to rest in. He's beside you. There's a greater sense that he's near us. He's not like crying out to some God way over there. It's like he's right here. He's, he's yeah, and he's spoken to us, and we're, we're uh, incorporated. Like that's part of the prayer. Yeah. So we went through it kind of quickly, but maybe you can kind of see there is a different way to pray. And for me, this, like this, what did it mean to pray in a gospel-shaped way? Like this helped me like change my posture, change my tone, change my experience of what prayer can look like. I just want to share one more tool. Uh, just real, so I want to share two thoughts. That was the first one. The second one is, um, you know, when Jesus prayed at Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it is possible, take this cup away from me. I mean, think about that for a moment. Jesus is saying, is it okay if I don't go to the cross? <laughs> let's, let's skip that part, you know? Can we, can we bypass that? And what I'm going to call that an honest prayer. That's an honest prayer. You look throughout the Psalms, there are tons of honest prayer. God, where are you? How come you're not hearing me? How long, oh Lord, how long? Or Lord, break the arm of my enemy, destroy them, dash their children to the rocks. I mean, these are honest prayers. And there is a place for honest prayers. In fact, I would say that's where we must begin. We must begin honestly. And I would suggest that sometimes that may not be as easy as it sounds. That we have a tendency, I have a tendency to, quote, just say the right things. 
Lord, I thank you because you're good and I'm going to trust you and we believe that you'll take care of us and just say all the right things regardless of what I really feel. My classic example is every night I go and I pray for my kids before they go to bed and I usually say something like, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for taking care of us. Please help my kids stay healthy. Give them a good night's rest. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know, something kind of. But if I were honest, I'd probably say something like, God, I'm tired. I don't even feel like praying. I just want to go downstairs and turn my brain off. But here I am trying to be a good role model to my kids. And so I'm saying this prayer, but honestly, I don't even feel like it. So somehow use this and bless them. Amen. It's probably my honest prayer. You know, like I don't feel like praying. I don't really. But I never do that. I never pray like that in front of my kids that we don't always, we're not really that honest so many times in our prayers. Now that maybe, you know, maybe that wouldn't be a good example. I, I might say, well, that maybe our kids don't need to, they can learn that later. We don't need to teach them at a young age how to pray like that. But even privately, there was a tendency in myself to say, God, help me to be a better pastor. Help me to love my enemies. Help me to be the bigger man. Help me to be gracious when I don't feel like it. As opposed to saying, God, I'm pissed off. <laughs> These people, who do they think they are? Like, that's my honest feeling. But I don't, like, I'm not even aware that I think that sometimes. Because I, 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 I don't know. I don't feel like I'm supposed to say that. But if you don't start with honesty, do you really even have a conversation? You have to start there. And for some of us, maybe we, that's not as easy to do as we may think. To come, God, I'm tired, I'm scared, and I don't even know if you're there. Like, that's our honest prayer. And I'm going to say, that's what you see in the songs. Where are you, God? How long? And, you know, and I'm afraid my enemies are about to devour me, but why don't we pray like that? Dash their children upon the rock. Those morons, pay them back, God. Like, that's our honest prayer. We have to start there, but we don't want to end there. We have to start there, but we don't end there. And Jesus didn't end there. Father, if it is possible, take this cup away from me. Yet not my will, but thine be done. We start there and we move toward the thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Have your way in me. We move. There is prayer is a journey from honest prayers to thy will be done prayers. Or to pray in Jesus' name. There are these quotes. I'll skip it. Basic idea is, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? It actually means a number of things. But one of the things it means is to pray, like, in the name of the king, like, as his representative, as the ambassador, in the name of the United States, these are our demands. Iraq, you know, <laughs> uh, this is what we, this is, to say, to pray in Jesus' name is, I'm going to pray as Jesus is, 
representative on earth for his purpose, for his agenda, and for his glory. It's the thy will be done. And sometimes, again, it's a journey. Jesus got there pretty quickly, like the next sentence. But for some of us, it may take a little while. It may take a lot. We might stay in that honesty thing for a while. But it's supposed to be a journey. So this is what it could sound like. This is very contextual to L.A. Lord, I am stuck in traffic. (laughs) And I'm going to be late. And I'm stressed and I'm anxious, and I'm annoyed. Because why is there traffic at 2 in the afternoon, Lord? It shouldn't be. It's not right. It's not good. That's my honest prayer. I might say, Lord, you split the Red Sea for the Israelites. God, split open the 405 and make a way for me, Lord. Surely you can do it. Please. That's my honest prayer. And you know what? That's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. That's turning to God in your real life moment of need and expressing honestly your need and your desire to him. That's a good prayer. But we don't always want to stay there. The prayer doesn't end there. It gets to a thy will be done, which might sound something like, but God, when you see my situation, You're not as bent out of shape about me being late. You don't care as much about what time I arrive as much as what kind of heart I have when I arrive. And you desire that I care less about what people will think of me when I arrive late and care more for people. So, Lord, help me love. Help me love those around me when I arrive, regardless of when that might be. Have your way in me. Thy will be done. There is a journey from honest prayer to thy will be done. Or it might sound something like, God, I'm angry with my roommate or my brother or my boss or my spouse. Such a jerk, so selfish, so immature. Oh, my goodness, they drive me crazy. God, break the arm of my enemy. (laughs) Deliver me from these, like, stupid people in my life. God, just don't. Why are they so blah, 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 whatever it is. That's your honest prayer. You start there but you don't end there. And you say, God, but when you see the situation, you want to teach me to be patient and gracious, just like you have been patient and gracious to me. You want to teach me how to love people who are hard to love, just like you love someone like me. Have your way in me. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come right here. We start with honest prayer and we move toward thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When I was working on this prayer seminar, this is not an exaggeration, I was getting my car fixed. I went to the auto shop six times, six times. 
went to one place, they checked one thing, tried another thing, tried another thing, da, da, da. eventually they say, go to this other place. Da, da, da. Six times. And then I was, on the sixth visit, I was like dropped off the car and I'm waiting and I'm working on my prayer seminar and I'm like writing out my honest prayer. God, just fix the car. Just fix it now. I don't want to go back. It's enough. I've got things to do, places to go, people to meet. I'm just constantly going back to the mechanic. This is taking way too much time. This is waking too much money. God, fix the silly car today, please. It was my honest prayer. That's come as you are. That's, I think that's a good, honest prayer. But we don't end there. I felt like God was saying, Paul, you worry so much about trying to be efficient. I do like efficiency. And this was not efficient. And I have many things. I'm an important person. I'm very busy. I have many things to do. <laughs> this is not a good use of my time. I was trying to explain to God. And God said, Paul, you're taking yourself way too seriously. And you care so much about efficiency. But maybe you need to learn to operate on a different efficiency system because more than worrying about your time and your energy and even your financial costs you need to believe that true productivity is in me not in more time you need to realize your time is not the limiting factor I'm the limiting factor what you need is not more time what you need is more God my prayer changed from fix my car to Lord I need more of you you are my productivity you are my efficiency I want to say I took that journey real fast but it took a little time <laughs> didn't happen right away but there is that journey from an honest prayer to a, God, what do you want? What's your agenda? What is your purpose? What is for your glory? Prayer. I want to give you a moment right now to try an honest prayer. Write an honest prayer. Whatever you're thinking, feeling, you're honest. No one's going to read it. No one's going to look at it. Just honestly. What's your prayer right now? And then let's imagine where that journey could take you and what it could sound like to have a thy will be done prayer. What's your honest prayer? Go ahead, take a moment and write that down. give you two more minutes to write your honest prayer and your thy will be done in me prayer. Well, if we had more time, I'd encourage us to maybe share some of those prayers or pray together, but I'm going to keep it short. So we're not going to do that. Instead, I just a few last thoughts here to say, um, understood this way, prayer is less about us trying to convince God of something and more about God working in our hearts to align ourselves with him. 
that prayer is more to change us than it is to change God. It's a way of seeing things from God's perspective and caring for the things that he cares about. And in that sense, prayer is a journey toward intimacy. Or if I were to tie it to this morning, prayer is a means and an expression of your union with Christ. You become one. Our will, his will becomes our will. And prayer becomes the means by which our desires become more of his desires. Well, I hope those were helpful. Those are two things that have made a difference in my prayer life, and uh, I hope it helps you. Let me pray for us.